Hello, welcome to episode 13 of No Guitar Is Safe. Today's show is brought to you by Audio-Technica's killer new wireless system, the System 10 Stomp Box. I'm not just saying it's killer, I know it's killer. I used it on two different Jefferson Starship shows and I'm gonna keep using the System 10 because it's tough, it fits on my pedal board, it's got a 60 foot radius, Best of all, it sounds great, does not drop out, and I can use it with multiple transmitters. So I can switch guitars, I like that. It's also got a foot switch on there, so you can use it kind of as a very intelligent AB box. You can switch it between one amp or the other, or one amp and then both amps, or you can switch over to your tuner, or if you have an acoustic guitar, you can switch to a DI box when you have your acoustic guitar plugged into it, thereby using one wireless for both electric and acoustic guitars. It's cool. And later in the show, I'm going to tell you how you can win one that's autographed by today's guest, John Five, who just totally coincidentally, I mean this, it's just a coincidence, happens to be an Audio-Technica wireless user himself. All right, let's start the show. That's John Five, and I'm Jude Gold, the host of No Guitar Is Safe podcast, which you're listening to. Thank you very much. This is episode 13. I guess as a calendar would have it, this is kind of Halloween week. And who better for a Halloween episode than John Five? Because he plays such scary metal with such scary dudes. Best gig he's ever had, he tells me. Favorite band, Dream Band, is his current gig with Rob Zombie. He not only rocks out and records albums and uh, tours the world with Rob Zombie, he also has scored some of his films like The Lords of Salem. Here's the Lords theme, which he uh, recorded with Rob for the movie. Yeah, take a listen to this, because this is one of the things he'll explain to you how he recorded it later. Kind of interesting. course speaking of scary meddlers and alt rockers john is also known for his many years touring with marilyn manson here's a song called disposable teens the wonderful thing about john is he's such a dynamic player he's really into telecasters and also acoustic guitars tons of solo albums and solo tracks which you can check out and uh, he's going to demonstrate a couple of his new ones today which involve really cool techniques. The thing about John is he actually loves to perform and tour instrumental music. Go to his website to see all the tour dates man he's starting in uh, Ramona California that's near San Diego going up through Hollywood into Vegas Arizona out to Oklahoma it all starts on November 4th. And of course, there's other shows in there with Zombie, etc. The guy is always busy. So we're going to sit down with John. And we're going to jam with him. And also, we're going to hear about his crazy life story. 
We're going to hear about the good times and the tough times because John 5 has experienced quite a bit of both. And also, he's going to demonstrate some really cool guitar approaches. First couple things he plays, I film them for you. You can check out the footage on the No Guitar Is Safe Facebook page where I'll also show you how to win that Audio-Technica System 10 Stompbox Wireless. It's funny, you know, John 5, the first time I interviewed him was uh, 2004 for a cover story for Guitar Player Magazine, who supports this show. Thank you, Guitar Player. And he had about 50 Telecasters on the wall of this guest house studio where we met, somewhere in L.A. John has one Telecaster from every year they were built. He's obsessed with Telecasters, as you know, because you've probably seen his signature model Fender Telecasters that he has, including a Squire model for those of you who are on a budget. Pretty looking guitar, actually, that Squire. So for this interview, I was expecting to see maybe 500 Telecasters, but we show up at his new house and it's amazing. It's really cool inside. The walls are all white. The ceilings are super high. It's like a Spanish villa. It looks clean as like an Apple store in there. There's like nothing in there. He's barely moved in yet. There's a white couch in the living room with exciting acoustics, a couple candle holders, a skull, I think, somewhere, a metal coffee table, and all there is is a little tiny Fender practice amp and a guitar cable and his main Telecaster with this cool kill switch button on it that you're about to hear. It turned out just great, though. He does not need effects or big racks or anything to do his thing. And that's common with great Telecaster players, isn't it? All right, let's do this. I'm excited to get in the copter. We're going to fly over the hill into the valley where all the rock stars live. We're going to hang out and plug in with John 5. Show us that kill switch for a second. What's going on here? Uh, it's just kind of like an on-off guy. And then you're getting these, uh, you pluck this with your fretting hand, you pluck the third string behind the, the yeah, nut there. Yeah, behind the nut. And then you can... And then you can get up. <laughs> no, cool, there cool are no effects it. here or anything. This is this is the rig today. Yeah. This little Fender practice amp with the Van Halen backstage pass on it. Yeah, and just a cord. And, uh, just a cable. Now, how, how, show us how you're getting that last maniacal sound. Um, I'm just hitting the E string against the. Um, but you have to have it on your the rhythm pickup on the neck pickup. You have to, or it doesn't work really work. <laughs> That Pretty is cool. one of the most animalistic noises. <laughs> I don't know if it's musical, but I use it musically. Like yeah, it sounds like an animal. <laughs> That's a great video game sound right there. And, and then um, I'll do this. I also do this behind the nut kind of 
um, song. I um, love pedal steel, and I just always wanted to play pedal steel. And I just was like, well, you know, it's tuned to an open chord, so I just take my string out of the uh, the tree here. Right. And and then I was just like, well, how can I do this? So I'm just tuned to an E major, and uh, Beautiful, man. That yeah. just totally makes you want to play guitar. <laughs> and or I can play lap steel. But yeah. the, but the trick is with lap steel, it goes right to the note. But with here, you gotta have it right in tune. You know, and if it doesn't, it sounds like that. It'll sound, you know, totally crooked. So you gotta bend it just at the right spot, or it'll sound like. Yeah. And that's the hard part. Seems like you're bending each one of the strings behind the neck, except for maybe the low E or low. Yeah, the and then this one, I'm not bending down. I'm because be it's bending so far. I'm bending it out, so I'm bending it actually this way. Can you hear that? You're pulling. You're literally pulling the high E string towards the floor because that's yeah. the better way to bend it. <laughs> and that one, I'm pulling towards the um, headstock. By the way, if you're listening to this, I am filming the fuck out of this. Go to the <laughs> Facebook page and see all of this, the whole thing you just heard. This, is, yeah. this is called Behind the Nut. It's from your yeah, new be, yeah, album behind the coming nut. out. Yeah, with the creatures. So, and, um, and that's the trick, just to have it you know, in that open tuning type of thing. Beautiful, man. Thanks for showing us that. Yeah. So when, when and where can people get Behind the Nut? Um, well, what I'm going to do, that is... I am releasing a video with every song. So I'm going to, once a month, I'll release a song and I'll release it with a video. So the reason why I'm doing this is because I put out so many records, you know, and people cherry pick, which is great, you know, some people get the albums. So, but everybody watches music now on YouTube. That's, you know, everybody listens to stuff online. Hence what we're doing right now. Um, my example is, you know, that song all about that bass. You know, we all know that yeah. song. That's over a billion views on YouTube. And it's probably sold 
3 million, 4 million. But that's just the proof that everybody watches music. So I'm going to release a song with a video once a month. And so that song will be one of those songs. Oh, cool. And when, when will that video come out? Or do you I know? don't know. I'm going to, I think, do the first video um, January. So uh, it's already done. And, uh, you know, uh, it's for that song, Blackgrass Plague. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a fun, fun yeah. tune as well. It's a, yeah. Let's play a little bit of that. I think I even learned okay. the rhythm part for you. Did you use a bar on the record for that part? No, just like just like that. So it's funny. I totally thought that that little part was a bar. Play that little bar part. I was going to use a slide, yeah. but I'm just too lazy, <laughs> you know, to put it on. Because <laughs> I wanted, I did everything like in a take, you know, that kind of thing. But but the intro is like that country. Yeah. It's like a G chord, but you're bending up. Bending on the F sharp. It's kind of like, you know, shock me. Kind of like that thing. I love it. Right here through your monster rig. This house is like the biggest house I think I've been in in LA, <laughs> and I've been in quite a few of them. You've got a villa here. Yeah, You've got a couple of houses in the backyard. Yeah. Your guest house has a guest house for their guests. That's right. It's there's a, a guest house, but there's a guest house for the guests. Yeah. If they so. have their own friends come over to. Yeah. But the fun, the reason I'm pointing all that out is because the one thing you don't have is is any monster rigs. You're going through this little Fender FM15. Solid state little practice amp, but it still sounds monstrous. And the reason I do this now, I have amps and amps and amps, and I actually have no joke. I have a C container in behind that house over there. So you know those C containers where yeah. they ship stuff and cargo and all that stuff. Yeah. So I have a C container, and it's got you know the, you know I have every amp you can think of, but I always want to be able to just play anything with just like a chord and an amp, and I think that's yeah. important. You know? Yeah. That's why I love the first thing you play. What, what is that first lick? I mean, it's one of your songs. That song is actually called Velisca. The, the reason I love it is because just like you said, it sounds like there's a bunch of crazy special effects and studio stuff, but it's not. It's just your guitar and your cable. And that's what is important. I just want to try to do everything, um, you know, with, with uh, just the guitar and the amp. And that's how it is in the studio, too. I'll just you know, go in there and with a, with an amp and maybe a super overdrive and like a um, noise suppressor. But um, any, anything other than that, it's it's pretty much just just how you hear it. Now, do your guitars, if someone gets one of the, uh, say, the Fender model, I know there's also a Squire model, do that, do the, are these, are these kill switches available on them or is they're that a custom not. thing? They're not, but it should be. But no, the kill switches, he just, you know, the guy at Fender was like, Hey, you want a kill switch? And I was like, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was is like, that sure. the only one that uh, you have? Yeah. This is the only one I have with a kill switch. Isn't who, that funny? Who built it? So we can all send him a million emails. Um, Alex Perez at Fender. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is he in the custom shop? Uh, he is. Yeah. He's, right. he's, he's great. Is, I mean, yeah. he's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I, seen, I think I've seen his guitars. You know, they have the, yeah. builder's name on certain models at the yeah. at music shops. He's wonderful. I really, really like him a lot. He's, he's built like pretty much a lot of my, a lot of my stuff. So, well, let's go back to this new tune that you're going to have the video coming out in January. Yeah. yeah Blackgrass plague. It's kind of like plague. a, um, I think the Blackgrass plague is like 
like uh something that had to do with like that was like killing cattle and stuff like that and but ah. it sounds like the reason i like it is because it sounds like a heavy country thing that's cool man. you know so it's, these it's like a real thing though sort of maybe. yeah i think so i get you it guys you know we just had guthrie govan i had guthrie govan on the episode yeah couple episodes back and he has a song called kentucky meat shower which yeah. was also a real thing meat fell from the sky that's right meat fell from the sky you I guys know about have that. similar interests you guys got to hang out yeah i like him a lot <laughs> um, but yeah there is um meat did fall from the sky and it it was in kentucky and i think it was from the early 1900s i remember hearing about that yeah those were the good old days, you know? Yeah. Now we don't get any rain at all here in L.A. Right. I wish we could at least get a meat storm once yeah, in a while. Yeah, All right, storm. let's play it. Count it off. I think okay. I remember it. One, two, three, four. in there yeah <laughs> that's cool, funny huh? you bust out a banjo on that is that a real banjo or it's a, a real banjo and then i also the higher part the next part coming up i do it on a uh like an electric mandolin and the part is on 
this little uh, that's cool uh, little mandolin from Fender, and uh, you know they had those in the fifties, like nineteen fifty five, and then the banjos. Now, you've often often talked about how you, I don't know how old you were, four years old, you saw Hee Haw. Yeah. You saw some hee-haw. Telecasters in action. What, did, what was the feeling that you had when you first saw that? Well, I was playing um, an acoustic guitar, and, uh, you know, I was like, I was so little, and I was like, I, I want an electric guitar, because I saw them all playing, you know, these guitars, and I knew they were electric guitars. And I was like, I want an electric guitar. And I just thought... Electric guitars just look like this. There was no other shape, no other style, no other brand or anything. So I just thought, I want electric guitar. And it just stuck in my head like that. You know, I was like, you know, that's just what stuck in my head. But that show did, you know, everything was TV for me. Everything was TV. And I just really loved TV. So um, the monkeys, you know, and happy days, you know, and all that stuff. Jasper to barking in the background. <laughs> yeah, chiming in support. Yeah. Jasper actually my dog Jasper is in like every video and everything. It's it's funny. So Jasper will always make an appearance some way. Jasper Aftra or SAG? Yeah, no, uh, I think she's SAG. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah, make sure she's getting paid. <laughs> yes. Now, where did you grow up in uh, Michigan? Yeah, I was born in Michigan and I um moved out here right um Actually, I don't even really talk about this, but I didn't even graduate, and I left my senior year because I had an opportunity to come work out yeah. here. Now you kind of came from like a more well-to-do. Was yes. that kind of a, that would be kind of a ballsy thing to do in your neighborhood and your social strata, I guess, to, to yeah. leave high school. Yeah, I was. You know, I was brought up in a very, very well-to-do home, and all I did was practice and played, and that's all I wanted to do. And I had my you know, I was just so set on going to be a session musician. You know, I didn't even want to be a famous musician or anything like that. I just wanted to be a session guy. And that's why I learned all these different styles and all that stuff. But because uh, I wanted to be able to know what to do in any situation. And uh, so I just moved out here and started working right away. That's amazing. Well, now, what was your impression when you first got here? A lot of people come to sunny California and it's, they always end up in like the middle of Hollywood, which is always kind of a weird surprise usually for most people. Actually, I, the first night I got here, I was, um, I came out with Chuck Bueller, the drummer in Megadeth and he was on the so far so good. So what album? And he was like, yeah, we can stay at, you know, these guys place. And you know, he had his, you know, this, other place but he was like yeah you can stay here because i had nowhere to go and i knew one other person so i got there and i went to sleep and they stole my money the first night and i was like oh man went in you went into your clothes while you were sleeping yeah (laughs) and stole my money so i was like really bummed about that and then i went to go stay with my other friend and uh you know just got a job at penguins frozen yogurt and i would also i was a valet and that was the best job. I'm telling you, that was the best job because you would park 
cars at celebrity parties and you got to like you know i would drive around their cars because they'd be in the party for hours you know it was <laughs> awesome like cruising down the strip in somebody's porsche i would always say, it's funny you say porsche because i would always take don henley's porsche because he would stay late so i always <laughs> knew that he would be in there late so i would go and pick up my friend and he don henley had this like porsche so i would always go <laughs> take it yeah <laughs> that's hilarious everyone's fears are Thank you, Don. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm sure that car is many Porsches ago for him. Yes, many so Porsches ago. Any scratches that you put on it when you were 19 or whatever. That's right. Yeah, probably even younger than that. <laughs> and then you got some uh, some good gigs pretty quick. What happened next for you, I guess? I, uh, I started doing, like, TV stuff and um, started working on, like, commercials and Baywatch. And um, there was a show called Hard Copy back in the day. And, uh, you know, just things like that. And it really uh, escalated into other sessions like, you know, Robin Zander and John Wetton and uh, Rick Springfield and you know, Wilson Phillips and stuff like that. Was it becoming a session player all that you dreamed of or how is it different than what your vision had been of it? It was all that I dreamed of. I was psyched. I was so happy. Um, just playing and and making a couple bucks but the thing is i the reason i got so much work is i would do everything for half the price and half the time because i knew i did so much research you know and you're a little kid and stuff i didn't really know but i knew that they want to get the guitars out of the way so i tried to do everything really quick you know okay got to do this in just a couple takes so they can get to the vocals so they can get to the vocals exactly especially when you're a session guy they you know come on let's do this and i did it for half the price of everybody else so i was uh i was working quite a bit you know right and uh they were like there's this one kid that'll come up here and do it for like nothing you know we'll give him a sandwich or something <laughs> so but it was good it was a good learning experience and good for the resume yeah i think every day there's about a hundred new musicians or actors that are great and talented that will work for a sandwich <laughs> yes yeah there is definitely you know because people are people are hungry out there you know and they want to work and you know it's funny with this my new instrumental thing you and you i needed a bass player because matt bissonette who plays for elton john right now was doing all the bass and um I was like, I need a great, great, great bass player. And, you know, this bass stuff is pretty complicated, as you heard on the recordings. Yeah. So I got this, um, I went to MI, and I went through like, you know, 10 people, and there was this young kid, I mean, who was so good. I mean, he was so good. He is so good. His name's Ian Ross, and that's who I use, you know, on tour. But Ian's great, because I just did a, um, you know, a... a you know, a cattle call and he just nailed it. And, you know, he's this young, shy kid and he was just, he's Where's phenomenal. He from? As you heard, Chicago. Ah, cool. And he went to MI and just, you know, nailed it. But he's, um, you know, and he's killing it. He's killing it. That's great. So you're going to take him on the tour coming up? Yeah, I did one tour already with him and uh, he did great, you know. Yeah. He did great. He loves it. And this tour really gets started probably a few days after this podcast airs. You're going to yes. be... You're doing I, the whiskey, you're doing Ramona down in San Diego. That's right. Vegas. Vegas. And um, what I'm doing is I have... A bunch of other places, too. Yeah, Sorry. tons of other places. And uh, I'm doing a, um, 
let's see, show with Rob in Phoenix, with, with Zombie in Phoenix, and then I do a show with him, no, in Vegas first, then Phoenix, then I come home and jump on my tour. So it's really, I hope I don't get the songs mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll sound cool even if you do. So it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Oklahoma City, Texas, everything's on there. So we're really excited. Well, that's great. Now, um, you ended up playing with a lot of interesting artists. Like, I, lo I love the idea of you rocking out with Salt and Peppa. Yes, that's right. On The Tonight Show or something. It's interesting. Yeah. I was, um, I have a friend that works the, on The Tonight Show, and he's a musical coordinator. And he's like, dude, we need a guitar player down here to do this medley. Not just, you know, a song, but a medley. I was like, yeah, I could totally do it. So they sent me over the music and I, you know, was a mess, had long hair. I remember I wore like a Del Taco shirt with like Dickie shorts <laughs> and I was a wreck and everybody else were like in the outfits, you know, and, you know, yeah. and, uh, it was, but it was really cool. And I, you know, did all sorts of like, you know, like the... <laughs> You know, that kind of funky cool. stuff, you know, and uh, they loved it. Tell know? me you did push it. Yeah. Baby, baby. Oh, yeah. We got to play some of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember it. Do you know it? That's great. Okay. You got to get on the other part or something. <laughs> That's great. Let's, let's do it first. I think it'd be funny oh, for them. Oh, God. What is it? song you know so it's like all synths and stuff but it's yeah. those are some cool riffs and i'm telling you there's great 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 melodies like like I know, but it's so cool. And all those songs are so like. Oh, dude. Now I've got the lead tone. Where, where are you at? Thank you. 
that on one of your records that one's on one. uh, yeah god told me to i think yes yeah. a lot of records yeah you've uh, you've been on two cover stories on guitar player oh, now I love guitar player it's, it was them. my bible i'm telling you it was i always say this and i'm not just saying this because you're a guitar yeah. player but it was my bible that was what i looked at read every night and on instagram it's funny because you see past issues and stuff and you're like man dude i remember that you know like yeah. it was yesterday it's just in your brain like those covers you know god yeah. i loved it now you've played with so many great players we wouldn't have time to even talk about them all but what's it like working with rob halford from judas priest well it's funny when i worked with rob i i went to phoenix to meet him and i remember getting on the plane and uh i had like a I remember I had a candy bar in my pocket. And um, so I have a candy bar in my pocket and I forget about it on the, on the, on the plane. And you know, you're, cause I'm nervous and I'm like, oh, what am I gonna say, what am I gonna say? So I get to the airport and I go to his house and he has a white couch like this. So this is like a pure white couch. This is a true story. Oh, no. And um, I sit on the couch and I remember going, oh my God, I have my <laughs> chocolate bar in my pocket and going I hope you weren't wearing this, white pants I was in this but I'm on this white couch and I remember him going I remember this clearly he goes do you want something to drink and I said I would love something to drink and I get up and there's like a chocolate stain so <laughs> I get up so fast and I've met him like you know like once I get up so quick I turn the cushion around and slide it under and i'm like oh thank you thank you very much and i'm just standing like looking around and stuff holy shit you got some hustle on you isn't that great i was so <laughs> nervous he's probably like what's all that wrestling going on in there you know but that's a true story but that's it was like a cool. movie scene it was yeah it was like you're, a one of those you know your life is a movie i know it's ridiculous but it was incredible playing with him his voice was perfect every night it was the weirdest thing it wasn't even like he was human it was very strange. Oh, oh man, when I hear "Victim of Changes" live every time, yeah. it kills me. It's very. It was. It was very strange because I didn't really hear him warm up either. He would just get on stage and sing. I wonder if he's. He may. It might be a robot. And then you cold call David Lee Roth's manager. Yes. And he suddenly. What happens after you send them six songs with? Just completely cold calling them, bombing them with six songs. Yeah, I just called them out of the blue. And, um, you know, I, I, I just didn't, I, I can't believe it. It's just like if we were sitting around right now and we go, hey, let's call, uh, you know, let's call Justin Timberlake really quick. It'll, let's see what happens. And it was kind of like that. So anyways, after I sent them a lot of songs, they said, okay, why don't you come to Dave's house and... Uh, you know, and here's the address. And I remember the night before driving there so I wouldn't get lost, you know, because I wanted to know exactly where I was going. And um, 
and I get there and I'm early and I'm just waiting outside, you know, so, so nervous. Because here's the thing about David Lee Roth. He was, you know, like still is my hero. You know, Van Halen, they were just like you or anybody else. They were our heroes. But Dave was never out. You don't see David Lee Roth out. You don't, he's never, you know, you don't, you rarely see a spotting of David Lee Roth. So it was like, I never met him. And, and so I was like, oh my God, here we go. Here we go. So the big gate opens and I was like, this is the house where they were practice. They would practice when they were kids. This is where they would take the pictures, you know, the old Van Halen pictures on the stairs. His parents' house or something? That's his parents' house, you know, and he was like, yeah, I used to, you know, I'm jumping around a little bit, but he's like, yeah, I used to smoke pot up on the roof when I was a teenager here. And, you know, just like, just, uh, that was where he grew up, you know? So, um, I knew that this was the house, the house that was in the pretty woman video and, and all that stuff. So a gate opens and I drive up and there he is. And he goes, Hey John, how are you? Great stuff. Great stuff. I really like the stuff. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make a record. We're going to, you know, and so he's rattling off all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Looking around, you know, it was daily Roth. And so we got together and we made a record and we made it of those songs that I recorded with him. And we did like, you know, we did the whole record with mixing and recording in like two weeks. And yeah. it was crazy. And we played as a band. It was just like, go. And that was called the DLR band record. Yeah. And then, you know, we've been close ever since. And, uh, we did another record just recently, you know, now, I guess a couple of years ago or a year ago. And, uh, we would, I would just go to his house just like you and I are right now. And I'd write these songs with him, and he would, um, say, let's go into the studio. So we would go to Henson studio and record these songs. You know, they came out, they're so good. They're so good. And we got Greg Bissonette playing drums on it. And, you know, I played the bass and they're really great songs. And this is like an inside story, but he was like, uh, we did it without click. Okay. Cause he wanted that natural feel, natural feel. And I was like, great. And he wanted to get drums on and some percussion. And the engineer is like, well, we're really going to need click. And he's like, well, you know, and I'm leaving for tour with Zombie in like, you know, uh, like 40 hours, you know, I'm so leaving. you guys stacked all this stuff without any drums laid down. Yeah. Stacked everything. Cause I was so nervous. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta play perfect. I play perfect. Gotta play perfect. So he called me and he said, John, you gotta come in and record the whole record again with click. Now we're talking overdubs, harmonies, <laughs> doubling everything. And I said, Dave, I mean, I'm going on tour in like, you know, like 20 hours. He's got, got to do it. Got to come in and redo these guitars on the whole record. So I, you know, anybody else, I'd be like, you're crazy, but it's, you know, Diamond Dave. And so I was like, okay. So I went in there. I was, I was exhausted and I played this record to the click, everything, all the harmonies, everything, you know, and, uh, and did it to click. And I'm telling you, Jude, this record is so great. You know, it's so great. I'll play you a song like after, like, you know, when, when we're done with this, but it's uh, still top secret, right? Yeah. It's still top secret. So hopefully he'll release it one day. But I know one thing that Dave loves the record. He loves the record, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's doing Van Halen, which is doing great too, you know? So, uh, we'll see what happens in the future. What's the funniest thing he ever said to you? I just, I just want to get you to do his voice again. Cause you do it so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one time, <laughs> this is funny. One time, um, I was in the studio, you know, when I make jokes, you make jokes and people laugh 
and he'll go, listen, I'm in charge of the yuck yucks today. <laughs> so, uh, you just, laugh at my jokes. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. It was so great. You know, he's he's got the best, best, funniest quotes. And uh, oh, yeah. I, one time I was playing on doing acoustic guitar and he's got the best ears of anyone. He goes, um, hold it, John. Um, you chewing gum? And I was like, yeah, Dave, actually I am. And he goes, get rid of it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how he heard it, you know, because the mic's way down here on the guitar. It's not like I was singing, God forbid. But um, I'm telling you, his vocals on this record, it's like nothing you've ever heard. It's old Van Halen. It sounds like, could this be magic? Or, you know, anything like that. It's just that sound, that tone and... I, I can't wait to play well, it for can you. Can you play crazy. one riff from it? Just I, like, I mean, on the guitar? I can't because I don't want to. I don't want to, like, God forbid something happen where it's like, no, I'm not putting it out, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'll play it for you after this. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Yeah. I won't be recording with my iPhone or anything. No. Or your eyes. Right. Like some weird. <laughs> Remember it and then I like, this is how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> As if. Hey everybody, this is just a quick reminder that this show, this awesome guitar hang with John 5 is brought to you by Audio-Technica and the System 10 Stomp Box Wireless. It's a good system. The receiver fits right on your pedal board and you can stomp on it to send your signal out different jacks to different configurations of one or two amps or to your tuner or maybe send an acoustic guitar out to the PA, which is very handy. It also has a wide frequency range, 20 hertz to 20K. That's more than most of you cats can probably hear. Ha, ha, ha. Except for you classical cats. That's good, though, because that means you can run a bass through it, too, or a baritone guitar, and it will sound great. The system automatically chooses the best, most interference-free frequency every time you turn it on, which is cool. It's smart like that, just like your cell phone or something else. It does all the hard work for you. Of course, I had John 5 sign one of these fresh out of the box, a brand new one. Handed him a silver Sharpie in the middle of this interview. You can win that unit. It's waiting for you, one of you. Sign into the form. Put your name in the hat, so to speak. Head to guitarplayer.com to find the form. Or just head to the No Guitar Is Safe Facebook page. And I'll give you a link to where you can enter your name for this contest. And we're going to give one away in seven days from today. Hope you're enjoying this. Back to John 5. It's funny, you know, so then you end up, I mean, you played with, again, Katie Lang. Yeah. And like Rick Springfield. Did, was he in the studio when you were working there? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, just all sorts of sessions. Everybody, Ricky Martin and Leonard Skinner and Paul Stanley and the Scorpions and Meatloaf and, you know... Um, now, I know Paul Stanley was one of your big heroes. Yeah, of course. Like, They're from my, age seven or something. Yeah, my heroes, my gods, you know. And it's funny because Peter Chris is one of my closest friends. You know, I'll talk to him all the time. Not about music or anything, just stuff, you know. And it's so cool, you know. But Ace and, of course, Gene and Paul and even Tommy and Eric. And I'm, you know, friends with all those guys. And it's such a, uh, it's such a wonderful thing if someone said that you know, later on in life, you'll be, you know, close yeah. with, you know, these guys. It's, it's, you, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, you live right here in the middle of it all, of all your friends and heroes. You must go to some insane barbecues. I'm I do. I go to some weird, 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 fun things. It's surreal, you know, and, and, uh, but I, I think that's, what's cool about it. Cause I don't, 
like I, I hang out with Steve Perry from Journey and I'll, uh, you know, but we won't talk about any stuff, you know, I'll be one time we were, I was at his house and we we're just hanging out and just chit chatting about whatever. And the doorbell rings, ding dong. And they're like, Oh, you know, we have a delivery for you. Okay, cool. So uh, we go down the driveway. I go with them and Steve goes, where's, where's your other guys? And he's like, it's just me, you know? <laughs> so um, we're like, and it's this fountain that he's been having delivered, like a fountain. A fountain weighs like 10,000 pounds. Whoa. And it's his driveway goes up, you know? So he's like, all right, here we go. We got to do this. So it's me, Steve, and this delivery guy. So we're all pushing this fountain up his driveway, like vein coming out of my head. I mean, it was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I'm looking at him and we're both like, Ugh! so yeah, it's just weird situations. I'm always getting myself into. Let's say you're gigging tomorrow night and you're going to do one Marilyn Manson riff. Which one would it be? And could you play it for us? Um, let's see. What was your favorite? What were some uh, of the ones you really resonated with? Let's see. It's a, it's a cool one. It's called Disposable Teens. I love how you're getting these kind of almost like a... Yeah. Getting like the power cord to see, sound like it's a slide. but Yeah. Th that's the whole trick. I'm you not know? doing it the way you did it. You? Yeah, exactly. Show us that one more time. Just the... But there's also that now there's a song off Hollywood that I did. It's maybe one of the my favorite Marilyn Manson songs, and I wrote it on guitar. It's called Count to Six and Die, and I think it's one of the last songs on Hollywood. Let's see if I remember it. And it's played on piano, but I wrote it on guitar. It's a cool little piece, you know? And it was played on piano and I was like, oh man. And But me and Manson did um, another thing. We did all these recordings, a ton of recordings um, acoustically. And we did that one acoustically. And uh, you know, we did all like the, you know, Coma White. And we did all these other songs acoustically and we recorded them. So he has all these recordings too. So, you know, maybe one day he'll release yeah. that stuff. But uh, it's really, you know, I, there was a lot of great, great tunes. Well, you there. guys conquered the world for a few years. Yeah, it was great. Do you still go to barbecues at his house or how are you guys? I, I great, great. We did a tour together uh, with Zombie and Manson. It was very successful. And, uh, you know, we did, um, you know, I talked to Twiggy all the time and Ginger Fish, who was a drummer in Manson for a thousand years, is now in Rob Zombie. 
So, um, yeah, it's all, and I talked to Tony Sela, who was a manager in there. I, you know, I talked to him all the time. He was going to rent one of my houses, so, because yeah. <laughs> he was building another one or doing something. Now, you know, it's funny, in our big interview in your first cover story on yes. Guitar Player, which would have been 2004? Yeah, I think it so. Was. God, I love that cover. God. Yeah. Oh, really, I love it. You just love being in a dirty bathtub, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a cool like, cover. Yeah, it's a great, great cover. And we did that at the, um, the Ambassador Hotel. Where is that? See, now that I've lived in L.A. for seven years, I might actually know where that is. I think they tore it down, and I think that's where Bobby, that's where Bobby Kennedy got shot. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, thanks, we were right the there. history lesson. I, yeah. I need it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, they have those Hollywood death tours and stuff. Yeah, mm. that's, and we were there, and I think there's an, there was an X. I, I think they tore it down now, but right where, you know, he was assassinated. I remember seeing pictures. Did you, like, break in? How do you get into that building? Um, well, I don't, I don't even know. I think you could rent it out, you know, for, but it was like a, it was a, an old hotel and that was, it was just a mess in there. Yeah. It was completely dilapidated. I mean, it looked like it it should be a red tagged or whatever. Yeah. And I, that's why they tore it down. But luckily we did that cover and that is my proudest, uh, the cover I've ever been on. I'm just, I love it so much. Of course, you you shared the cover again with Brendan Small. That's right. Close second. (laughs) A close second. And I'm so proud of that. You know, because it's like being on the cover of, you know, the Bible or something, you know. It's great. It just, I love that magazine. I can't believe you're talking while you play that play. Play, I remember that song, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's hard hard to talk while playing a lick like that. Try one more time. You turn up a little bit. That was a fun little uh, detour there. A little ditty. But you know, it's funny. At the end of the... I know that there was a big moment on stage that I'm sure you've talked about before with Manson, but I finally actually watched the video. And we talked about it in the cover story when yeah. you're playing Beautiful People. Where was that? In Europe or something? Yeah, that was in Europe. Uh, I think Rock and Ring or Rock and Park. 
Yeah. And yeah. You, we had talked about it, but I finally watched it, man. That is a pretty intense moment. I mean... Yeah, what happened was... It's, you know, a terrible, 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 terrible thing. I was in Europe. We were in Europe. And uh, my father was dying of cancer. And I was like, you know, I was a wreck, you know. So uh, just a mess, a mess, a mess. And after a show in Portugal, I remember getting off the stage, walking down the stairs. And Tony, uh, our manager, was like, you better call your sister. And I was like, oh, my dad died. And he's like, wouldn't say it. He goes, just call your sister. I was like, my dad died, right? And he's like, just call your sister. So I call my sister Mary, and I have two sisters, uh, Lynn and Mary. And I call my sister Mary, and he's, uh, she's crying, crying hysterically. And she goes, Lynn died. And that's my other sister. So I was like, what? You know, Lynn died. And my sister Lynn, you know, it's, it was such a surprise. You know, I was like, huh, this is crazy. So my sister Lynn was, uh, she was a drug addict, but she was off the drugs and she was taking these other pills to keep you off the drugs. And she, um, she went and said, you know, dad I love you you know like you know like because he was in really bad shape and she went home and she had a heart attack and died oh man and but she didn't OD or anything on these pills she just her heart just gave out and so I was in shock I was in complete shock I didn't sleep for like seven days I was a wreck and this is all going on and you know, I'm on tour in Europe, and I remember I didn't sleep for days and days and days. And then that incident happened with Manson. But here's what happened: is that he didn't really do anything. I think he like kicked my guitar, and I just snapped. You know, I wasn't even myself. And it looks like he's taunting me, but he's saying, "Pick up the guitar, pick up the guitar. Don't bring your family mm. into this." And that's what he was saying. You know, so it was. Uh, it was a, it was a mess. So that's but, I mean, really it does what look happened. like he kicks you in the chest or something. He and does, he's like, but, first but, of all, he's about seven feet tall in that thing. Is he wearing some big shoes or something? Yeah, but he a lot of way worse things happened than that. You know, yeah. way worse. So it was like nothing. You know, he's just doing his thing, and you know, he you know was just like happened and you would think nothing of it you know yeah you were angry <laughs> yeah but things happened all the time like that you know it's like but it was just that one thing where i was like oh my god this is terrible you know so right. it was a horrible 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 because uh, yeah, i mean when a guitarist throws his guitar behind his like oh behind him yeah. in, in the middle of a song i talked to steve morse once and there was a fan that was upset that he was not richie blackmore it's one of his first yeah. deep purple tours when he's a new guy and he shows up in a stadium in like chile or something yeah and some guy was spitting on him or something and finally he just did the same thing he just threw his number one music man prototype mm. over his back and was so angry i think yeah. he jumped into the crowd and the whole stadium thought he was stage diving in the audience so they're all wow. cheering but he was like Dude, stop spitting at me. Yeah. Wow. It's, so, yeah, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's like I wasn't even myself, you know. So uh, it was it was rough, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, that's sort of what a 
incredibly difficult thing for yeah. a person to go through. Your father, meanwhile, is yeah. still yeah. ill. Yeah, it was it was terrible. So it was definitely a shock. I guess sometimes we need those moments to something to snap so that we yeah. can start to get a better grip on reality when you've yeah. been up for seven days straight. It's like when you're like, you get hit in the head and you don't remember anything, but the only thing that gets your memory back is when you get hit in the head again. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. So it, was, it was rough. But, uh, you know, it's this is life and it's, you know, it's going to happen to everybody, you know, it's going to happen to you and everybody else listening to this. Yeah. There's no preparation for that Mm -mm. sort of thing. It's terrible. And when my dad passed, you know, uh, it was, it was awful. And my, I had a, um, you know, after we went to the funeral and everything, I went to a show, we were back on Ozfest with Manson and I remember it was the, I was so low, Jude. I was so low. I was just like, this is terrible. And after the Ozfest show, I was in New York and I went to the Meridian Club because our friend Nick Bocott said, yeah. why don't you come down to the Meridian Club? Les Paul is there. Jim Marshall is there. I was like, I would love to just get my, you know, just get my head out of like out of the gutter and stuff. So I go there, I meet Les Paul, I meet Jim Marshall, and I had my guitar. But Jim I just, Marshall of Marshall Amps, yes, the photographer. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I put my guitar backstage, because I, I came from the gig, and I was a mess, you know. And I said, do you mind if I just keep my guitar back here, I want to watch the show? And uh, Les was like, sure, no problem. So I'm watching the show. And if this is too long, you no, can cut, cut this. <laughs> so I'm watching the show and I'm enjoying it. Les Paul is up there playing, you know, all these, all these great songs, but he's playing songs like, okay, we're going to do a, uh, you know, we're going to do a song and called the young thing. And, the, and he would invite these people on stage and they're like, oh shit. Okay, cool. And they would know these songs. Like I would say, hey, let's play Highway to Hell. And we both know Highway to Hell, you know. But they would know these standards. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, this is incredible that he's pulling these musicians up out of the crowd and they know these standards. You know, it's like it was, it just seemed like so cool to me. And um, then I'm watching the show and he goes, we got a strange looking fella here tonight. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it can't be me. There's other strange looking fellas in here. And sure enough, he goes, his name is John five and we're going to invite him up on stage. And I'm thinking, I don't know any of these songs. What am I going to do? Oh, and after he's inviting these people up and they're playing and they're playing great. They're like, he's like, Les is like, keep practicing son. And I'm like, these guys are amazing. And he's like, ah, you'll get there one day. Again, he's like kind of knocking these people in the crowds laughing and all that stuff. Should I go shut Jasper up? Let's see if she seems. Hey Jasper, no! (laughs) Keep that in. (laughs) So I'm thinking I'm going to get up on stage and he's going to rip me apart because I don't know any of these songs. So, all right, I get up on stage. My knees are knocking. My dad just died. I'm just, I'm a wreck. So I pull out my guitar and it's a Telecaster, you know, strike one. You know, he's like, oh, you got one of those, huh? Plank. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you got one of those. And it's not a Les Paul. Of course, it's a Telecaster. And uh, 
he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't care. You know, I'll just improvise. You know, I'm like talking so quiet. I'm like, oh my God. No, this is one of the worst nights of my life. And I start playing and I don't know what happened, but I played and I just played just the best I could. I didn't even know where I was. I was just playing. And I look and Les Paul stops playing and he's looking at me. And I'm just, I don't, I don't care. I'm just playing. I'm just going crazy. You know, I'm like, like just going like, you know, just playing all this really crazy, but then jazzy stuff too. And, uh, he goes, son, I've heard a lot of players, but you impress me. And, uh, you know, and I bent down and kissed his feet and stuff. And he invited <laughs> me to play at his like party and stuff. And he's like, I've seen a lot of players, but you impress me. And, uh, you know, thank you for coming on my stage and all this stuff. And I remember just leaving there bawling because I was like, it was like so many emotions, you know, I didn't even know how to control it. So that night turned into one of the uh, worst nights of my life into the best nights of my life, you know. Fantastic. Yeah, pretty cool. Amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> the great Les Paul. Yeah, the great Les Paul. And, you know, God, I, I love all of his, you know, all of his picking and stuff it's like that's what inspired yeah. me so much you know do you have any idea what song you guys played nope <laughs> I don't, it, it was like a blur right and then jim marshall you know was there too it's like oh my god it's, it was it was a great night you know yeah. it was it turned into a great night you both know? those guys rocked until their very last day yeah and i that, know jeez yeah, that's a you know you're doing what you love if you're doing it on your last absolutely day. absolutely so hopefully that's what we'll be doing too. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you now have another great guy you work with who you really respect and admire and like, and so you seem to have, be having a ball. Yeah. With, uh, Rob. Yeah. With Rob Zombie. And, um, you know, I loved Rob Zombie so much, you know, when I was in Manson, you know, when he came out with white zombie and all that stuff. And <laughs> this is Rob Zombie and White Zombie was my dentist music. So what that meant is when I went to the dentist, I would always, because I hated the drills and, you know, what they're talking. And so I would put on these headphones and blast White Zombie and Rob Zombie. I don't know why, but that was my go-to dentist music. And <laughs> nice. uh, so, um, because it got me like so amped up and all that stuff, you know, they could rip out my teeth and I'd be like fine with it but uh you know it was I loved it you know I loved it so much and then we were playing this tsunami benefit uh, Dave Navarro and all these Gwen Stefani you know all these people were were doing this and they said oh Rob Zombie's gonna do it and I said oh please put me with Zombie you know and so we were playing and I said, Hey, if you ever need a guitar player, let me know. And at this point he's doing movies, very successful movies. And, um, he said, okay, well I'm going to do Ozfest six weeks. So don't get comfortable. I'm still going to make movies. It's six weeks. You know, let's just see how it goes. And so I said, hell yeah, you know, it's, it's great. And so six weeks has turned into, uh, 11 years. What was your kind of man? I can't believe how time is flying. God, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. What was your first show like when Ozfest? When, uh, was I was zombie? very excited. I, I remember we played, we headlined the second stage and it was sunlight and all this stuff. 
and it was awesome. It was awesome. The very first show, the very first song we did together was that Tsunami Benefit. And he was, I remember this, he was, he was like, are there any like zombie fans out there? And we're playing at the, you know, Long Beach Arena and the place is packed. And I I remember this. I remember some guy like in tier B or something had a zombie shirt on. I go, hey, there's one. You know, and this is right before we go on and we both like laughed and because there was, you know, a zillion people there. And we played, and I think we, mm. I think we played like, um, and we played it, and we just both like shot out of a can, and we were like going crazy and all this stuff. So it was awesome, you know. And it's it's been the best band partnership I've ever been involved in by far, you know. It's been incredible, the best, best, best. Yeah, I I mean I couldn't ask for anything more. People say, oh, who, what band would you like to be in? And I would say this, you know, because it's like being in a band with your best friends. Other than the hang factor, there must be other reasons why it's the best gig you've ever done. You know, it's just a, uh, I don't know, it's an energy thing. It's like we dig the same things, and you know, we like all these monster movies and all this stuff, and we dig the same music, and you know he's introduced me to all this amazing stuff like you know uh, that's changed my life like vegan and all that stuff and it's just uh, you know a perfect situation if i wasn't in a band with him we'd be hanging out you know it, it's it's great that's awesome yeah it's really rare can i hear that riff for real what, what, what is it uh, the thunder kiss <laughs> You must have so much fun rocking that through oh, big ants. What's so your rig like? That you, what do you play that through these days? I have um, a ton of guitars with me on the road. And then I have like four uh, 900s, Marshall 900s. And, um, but they're all different colors. So every time I go to Europe, I get a different colored head. So I have a yellow one. Well, I have a red one, a white one, a blue one. Uh, a yellow one, a purple one, a taupe, a uh, green one. So, because Marshall UK gives you one. Yeah, they have these. They have these special. They like they have those covers. You can get custom colors. So I have all. Every time I've gone to Europe, I get a different color. You know, I pay for it and stuff, yeah. but it's worth it. You know, so right. I have all these different colored heads. It's really cool, and they put like a five on it and stuff. So I have these heads the 900s and then i just have like you know four vintage cabs and my pedal board is so elementary wait how many heads are you running at once a two but i just like to have to look at them oh yeah that's good to have spares yeah um are they set dirty or yeah they're dirty but they're totally stock i don't have any of them modified it's just pull them off the shelf and put them that's how I like the lead channel. I imagine the clean yep. channel is pretty clean on those. Yeah, actually. yeah. But the clean channel is great. I use it all the time. And uh, but it's just you know, I just want it stock. Everything stock. I just that was, I just want to be able to play with a normal pick, pull an amp off the shelf and be able to play. But um, 
Yeah, so I use those. And, and you're using Audio-Technica wireless? Oh my God, those Audio-Technica. I've never had a problem. Knock, Knock on, on metal coffee tables. Yeah. I've never had a wireless problem. Isn't that weird? I've done so many shows with these Audio-Technica wireless, and I'm not saying this or anything because I'm endorsed with them. Every, the reason I'm saying this, everybody has wireless problems. I've been to so many concerts watching as an audience connoisseur, and they're, everyone always has wireless problems. I've never had one out of like you know a quadrillion shows. So they're uh, they're doing something right. And then you're that gives you, then you you can run around and be the maniac that you are. <laughs> and I'm running around. You know, it's a high energy show. You know, and um, but my pedal board is so elementary. It's it's just. I have a um, noise gate, uh, you know, the NS1 or NS2, whatever it's called, the, and everything's boss, uh, and it's the white noise suppressor pedal. And then I have a super overdrive, the yellow super overdrive that everyone loves. And then I have this chorus. When do you kick that in? Oh, I, I kick that in quite a bit because the, the amps are not on the highest 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 gain they're kind of like at a who or acdc right. type like of thing very very loud but not distorted some but clarity there's a lot of clarity some dimension yes there's a lot of dimension and it's um it's unforgiving if you will it, when you're running around it's unforgiving you got it like okay this is what i'm doing this is what i'm doing but um, then I'll kick that on for like solos and things like that. But I have it on quite a bit. Um, then I have this, the chorus, the, I forget which chorus is, the one with the four knobs, it's blue, the boss, boss chorus. And uh, I use that for like a warble, like I crank it all the way for like the end of like Super Beast and, uh, and things like that and Dragula. And um, then I have a wah that I use once for the Thunder Kiss solo, you know, because that's what he recorded it with, the original guitar player. Who makes your wah? Uh, Dunlap. One of the crybabies. Yeah, yeah. So I've used it, you know, I do, I rarely use a, a wah. It's a rare rarity, but um, I love it, you know. It's But it's a e very easy. What about strings? What do you... Uh... I have my own signature pack of strings, thank you very much. Nice. Yeah, finally got one. Uh, Dean Markley, and it's just regular 9 through 42, and they are... They're so great, man. I love those Dean Markley. Remember those old vintage packs with the, you know, with the guy and sitting there and, you know, I just love those strings, man. So it's like a vintage pack of strings. That's great. And uh, as you can hear, I mean, I've been playing and doing behind the nut stuff and they just stay in tune, you know? Do you put a low, uh, heavier gauge low string for when you're doing like drop D stuff? Yeah, I have uh, different tunings. I have a B tuning and a C yeah. tuning, a C sharp tuning, a C tuning an E flat and an E. So I take like, I have like 26 guitars out with me. So uh, there's a lot of guitars. That's like one fiftieth of your collection. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but it's great. I have like, you know, like, like I was saying before, this LED guitar that oh, yeah. uh, is just incredible. But then I also have- Where the, are the LEDs on this thing? I'll show you. It's, um, it's cool. It's, uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find one. But then I also have this lava guitar. Now the lava guitar is this plexiglass, but I put 
there's the original one you know was great but it was it would freeze when you take it to europe you know because it was cold so i put antifreeze in it and then there's um but it's lava and there's lights and everything in it oh wow isn't that neat so it just moves like a lava lamp so we'll post pictures of that on the facebook page for sure yeah and here's the led and this thing will light up the whole arena yeah that's got about a thousand leds on it it's like a thousand little leds and it is bright as can be i'm telling you Wow. And you can see like there, you know, yeah, it's like super bright. That is a great photo. You got to send me some of that. I mean, I can grab them maybe off yeah. Instagram and stuff, but yeah. So with, uh, with your makeup and the shadows that are yeah. created behind the guitar. Exactly. Yeah. And you wow. just lift up the guitar like this and it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. He made those for uh, you. Fender made the, uh, the next. And then this guy, Ken Meyer was, would make yeah. the, uh, do these things with the bodies and all this stuff. Great mm. stuff. The only thing you're missing is a fish tank guitar with a yeah. goldfish in there. Yeah, <laughs> don't tempt me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you also have done a film scoring. Like, yes. I was listening to the score for Lords of Salem, the yes. Rob Zombie movie. And there's some beautiful stuff you do on there. Like, how yeah. are you getting those bowed sounds? They sound like bowed instruments. Yeah, it is bowed instruments. So what I did is I took my the Gibson J200... And I got a cello bow and a, just, I would tune it down. I think it was, I forget what key that is, but I tuned the string way down and I would go with the bow and I put a ton of rosin on it and I would just make everything that you heard on that score was done organically. So there's a song, um, you know, that called Lord's Theme or something like that. And everything was done organically and like we're pounding on the table. And then you're hearing this kind of crunching, crunching. And it's this metal ashtray. He had this weird metal ashtray and he had this thing like this kind of um, where you would chop stuff up like, like seasons or something. And we would push that chopper thing into this metal ashtray and that's where you hear the and then there was this toy that we would just go like this and twist so everything on that theme is done organically it's really neat and that's what i like about that stuff organic sound design yeah it's very primitive and you know like you would see people playing this you know like you could play this in a field or something you know it was just all no electric or anything, you know. And those cr- those pounding sounds, are you guys? That's just on a on a. Actually, it was, it's on a chair. I remember there was <laughs> there was this chair I was sitting on, and I would hit it, and I would hit it so hard, and my hand was like killing. He's like, "Oh, just keep doing it," you know, boom, <laughs> boom, you know. And it was uh, it really it was cool. And I just did the score for his new movie, Thirty One with uh with bob marlette and um you know so that's going to come out uh next year wow you stay busy man and i know it's, it's tough pretty soon you're gonna get other offers to do other major motion pictures are you going to accept them i don't know i don't think so i think i'll just do rob's movies and i'm playing i love playing instrumental live shows and you know i think yeah. that's where i really enjoy right now i really enjoy these um touring my stuff it's a lot of fun well it's so much fun the music is so much fun and energetic and yeah and it's cool because it's kind of like a like a 
instrumental Alice Cooper show because all sorts of weird stuff happens and it's really fun. At your instrumental shows? Yeah. Like what? It's like, I'll have these, like, I have these scrims and they have like, um, you know, the, they're big scrims and I'll have like these guys come dressed out, dressed up like monsters and they'll tear the scrims down and another scrim will be there and they'll pass out like, you know, strings and picks to the crowd and stuff in between songs. Cause this music never stops. It's like a, in between songs, there's like segues. So these monsters will come out and pass out candy and strings and picks and stuff to the crowd. And, uh, then, you know, there's all sorts of like, you know, the guitars, you know, and there's all sorts of weird stuff and fun stuff that happens. It's great. Dude, that's great. You yeah. don't see that every day at an instrumental show. That's the trick. You know, I just wanted to like do, a, you know, have some different things that happen, you know. I also want to ask you about your fenders. What's the latest developments with your signature model? I know that it's evolved over the years. You yeah. start off with the black one with the uh, interesting headstock, which is more of a yeah, and the Bigsby, and the Bigsby, and um, then I, you know, I got the um, the triple humbucker guy, and that's kind of done off the uh, Telecaster Custom, you know, the deluxe type of thing, and now I have, you know, this that I play all the time, and um, they're great, you know, I don't use really anything else. They're just really wonderful guitars and I love them. I just, right. I just have it around me all the time. Is it, this finish is available now. It's like, what do you call this finish? It's, it's a gold, but this one is like, it's so like, you know, just worn out and stuff. But the Squire versions, the gold is so beautiful. I mean, it is gorgeous. And, uh, I, I love the finish on it. And then there's a black yeah. one like this and you know, they can keep them in yeah. stock. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I imagine you're using DiMarzio cables? Uh, yeah, DiMarzio cables and my deactivator the, and the pickups. Those you are know. your custom DiMarzio humbuckers? Yeah. So yeah. They sound great. Yeah, it's good. You know, I can't complain. And my yeah. little pick guy, uh, I, I get my picks from pick guy. And they always put like cool, you know yeah. who that is? That's, that's Mr. Hinky. And Booberry. What's that? Booberry, you know, Booberry cereal. Okay. You know, Count Chocula and Frankenberry and Booberry. It's, it's, it's Halloween time. And, it's like uh, a mixture of the two? Or <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, they have these cereals. Yeah, and, that's cool. And, uh, you know, so it's fun. People love collecting these I love these the South picks. Park pinball machine. So to me, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mystery. But that's right. That's right. <laughs> You'll be our Halloween episode, I guess. I love that. What do you have planned for Halloween? You must have. Some. I'm going to be in Las Vegas. We're doing a show with um, Danzig, Zombie and Danzig. Every and night's Halloween with you guys. Every night is Halloween, and it's my favorite time of year. I love it, and it's so fun. It's what a what a great life, you know. I just love it. I love it. I get to put on crazy makeup, and I didn't know who I was going to be for Halloween this year, though. Any ideas? So wait, I didn't realize that you actually, do you have, what are some of the costumes you've done in the past? Well, I was, um, gum, uh, our bass player was Gumby and I was, what's the horse <laughs> name? Like Pokey or something like that. Something I don't know, like that. Something like that. So we had these ridiculous big, like, like costumes were bumping into each other. And then one year we were all clowns and one year we were mummies. And so I don't know what I'm going to be. 
You know, I don't oh, know. That's a good question. He should be somebody really scary. Jared from Subway, maybe? That's great. That yeah. would, if you could pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> considering all the developments. He's scary. Yeah, that's that's the real scary that's monster. That's the real scary. It's yeah. frightening. <laughs> 15 years of thinking somebody oh, yeah. is one thing and finding out the polar opposite. Oh, it's pretty God. creepy. That's a whole nother show. Well, that's a whole other show. But hey, I was thinking maybe we could do one last jam. Yes. So first of all, thank you so much for inviting thank us you. into your oh my God. new pad here. It's yeah. just amazing. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, yeah, we're old, great friends. And so, yeah, of course. No problem. My pleasure. Awesome. And uh, I, so what did I learn? I learned the other one too, which is Mad Monster. Oh, yeah. Mad, Mad Monster Party. <laughs> I took a couple cool videos of John 5 doing some of that amazing stuff on the Telecaster, and you can watch them for yourself on the No Guitar Safe Facebook page. You know, the thing about John is if you strip away all the amazing talent that he has and his incredible persona on stage and his image and 
all his technical skills and all his God-given talent, all that aside, he's just a cool guy to be in a band with, too. In other words, he's got the whole package. It's important to be kind of a chill person if you're going to be doing 14-hour nights in the studio or 12-week runs in the tour bus. He's good like that. You know, he told me once that when he first got to L.A., or maybe he still does this, he used to, in addition to, like, practicing, shedding, recording, developing his song craft, in addition to all that musical stuff, he would put down the guitar for one hour a day or more and just call people every day. Just call people, say hi, call musicians, producers, other guitar players, whatever. Just say, hi, I'm here. I'm alive and well, I'm playing guitar. It all comes together in one very successful guitar player. And a guy I'm proud to call a friend. Thank you so much, John, for doing this show. You inspire me greatly. Of course, a huge, massive thank you to Audio Technica and the System 10 Wireless for being our first sponsor. They really stepped up. They believe it's cool. It's a good system, and of course, you can win it by heading to guitarplayer.com, put your name in the form, or No Guitar is Safe Facebook page. I'll have the link there. Sponsors are good. Sponsors mean more of these deep guitar hangs. Don't worry. Never, ever will they affect the content of this show. No topic is off limits. No guitar style is off limits. No guitar is safe from our helicopter. Haha. If you're doing something cool on the guitar, we're going to find you. We're going to sit you down and jam with you and make you explain what you're doing, how you do it, how you evolved to be able to do it, and what inspired you to do it in the first place. Thanks to Guitar Player Magazine for supporting this. My name is Jude Gold. Huge thanks to Zoom, too, for the H6 Handy Recorder. And thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you enjoy it. See you next week. Keep it alive till you're 95.